Republicans held a press conference this week. They revealed stunning new details about the Biden crime family, taking millions from China and other foreign entities. That story coming up. Title 42 has expired. The border is in total chaos. Alejandro Mayorkas, DHS secretary, he says he has no idea why he cannot pinpoint the cause. He does not know why there's such a surge in migrants crossing the border. We will play you that clip coming up. There has been a surge in car thefts. Liberals are blaming it on the car companies. You cannot make this stuff up. They say cars are too easy to steal. That's coming up. And look, back to Biden's. They basically, the entire Biden family is literally on the payroll of China and other foreign countries, allegedly. The media says this is not a scandal. The media says there is no evidence of any wrongdoing by the Bidens. Literally, a New York Times headline, this was a bombshell, a bombshell press conference on Wednesday. Not by Rudy Giuliani, not by Trump, not by some, like, right-wing lunatic. This was House Republicans, the House Oversight Committee, okay, held this uh, press conference going through, like, millions of dollars, these complex bank transactions being made from China into these shell companies, which ended up in the Biden accounts, and literally the New York Times headline the next day, quote, House Republican report finds no evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden. Okay, that is so fake. They are so gaslighting. New York Times headline, report finds no evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden. That's the exact opposite of the truth. Literally, bank records show that the Biden family received $10 million in payments from China, from foreign entities. Okay, this is coming from Republicans in Congress, a complex money laundering scheme involving millions, went to Joe Biden and eight other members of his family, nine members of the Biden family, literally on the payroll of China and other foreign governments, as Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. And this is this is congressmen holding a press conference. Lauren Boebert said one Biden, two Bidens, maybe three Bidens. You could chalk up to coincidence. Nine Bidens. OK, they had this complex web of over 20 companies that were formed while Joe Biden was VP. And literally these companies received over 10 million dollars. The New York Times takeaway, no evidence of any wrongdoing. Nothing to see here. You know, this is just a big nothing burger. I mean, you cannot make it up. Literally, Lauren Boebert, quote, nine Biden family members received money from foreign nationals via shell companies. One is maybe coincidence. Two or three you could explain away. Nine is a pattern of corruption that has absolutely no rational excuse or explanation. And can you imagine? We've got a lot more to get to. But can you imagine if Trump and the Trump children were getting millions of dollars from China, Russia and other foreign entities and countries and they were hiding it in these fake, phony corporate accounts. I mean, the media would be totally going berserk. Remember, Trump says that Vladimir Putin is an intelligent man, and Trump is, like, accused of treason. But, like, the Bidens can take millions of dollars from China, and the New York Times just whitewashes the whole thing. So all of that is coming up. We got more details on the Trump town hall. CNN has... It would, look, this is all about the ratings, CNN, you know, a lot of people on the left are having a meltdown. How can you treat Trump like a regular candidate? How can you let him spew his disinformation, give him a platform? And CNN, they're laughing all the way to the bank because they have not gotten ratings this high since Trump left office. But the left is having a meltdown. I mean, who did see? How could CNN give him a platform? How could they treat him 
they, you know, somebody actually said that CNN, they need to pre-record the, these these events with Trump and then they need to fact check them. They can only they got to censor them, pre-record them, fact check them and only allow things that pass the disinformation test. So the left is having a meltdown. Why? That CNN actually gave a platform to the former president of the United States, who also happens to be a front runner in the upcoming primary, leading by about 35 points. But CNN is supposed to ban him. You know, it's amazing. The left never pressures CNN to ban people like Vladimir Putin, the Iranian regime, President Raisi, Ahmadinejad. You know, you, you, they literally CNN and all these um, leftist media uh, news networks. They, they literally place these like vicious enemies of the United States. They spew lies. They spew vicious, phony propaganda and lies about the United States, about Israel. And nobody ever pressures CNN to censor them, to pre-record and fact-check them. They let them just say whatever they want. They know it's, they're literally spewing fake, phony, falsehoods, lies, fake propaganda, and that's fine. But it can't, not Trump, not Trump. Now, so look how, the, look how threatened the left is by Trump. More of that coming up. Like I said, Title 42 has expired. Illegals flooding across the border at unprecedented rates. I'm, I'm sorry, undocumented. Did I call them illegals? Did I call them illegals? You know, that that is so insensitive of me, so offensive, the undocumented migrants. So DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he was asked, this is several days before Title 42 expired, he was asked why there's been such a surge at the board. Oh, gee, let's try to figure out why all these people are amassing at the southern border just as Title 42 is about to expire. And he has no idea. Here, listen to this stunning clip. Can you explain why you've seen this big surge in the last couple of weeks? And if you're seeing this big of a surge ahead of May 11th or May 12th, what are you expecting come May 12th? So um, the the surge of the past uh, couple of weeks is really uh, focused on one particular demographic. We've seen an increase in the number of Venezuelan nationals coming to our border. Uh, it's very difficult to identify the cause. You know, the... the um, the challenge of migration is, in one aspect, it's dynamism. It is a very complex phenomenon. Uh, we saw the, the tragic fire in the city. Very complex. It's dynamism. Very complex phenomenon. Difficult to identify. Difficult. It's not difficult to identify the cause. They are poor and miserable in their home country, so they come to the United States. It's an extremely simple thing to identify, and they know that you're going to let them in because you're a woke, open borders leftist who's allowed millions and millions of illegals to cross the border. And amazing, they, you know. And he's just the you know he goes on drones on and on. Well, Venezuelans and this and dynamism, and they, they he just knows how he's like a master at just fluff and nothingness and just filibustering and just saying all these silly, trivial answers to legitimate, valid questions that there is no answer to because only one answer. The answer is we're socialist and we're open borders and that's our policy. Um, so illegals have been waiting for this moment. The border is utter chaos. That's coming up. The city of Baltimore is suing Kia and Hyundai. Can't make it up. The city of Baltimore has filed a lawsuit against Kia, against Hyundai, saying that they're to blame for all the cars that are being stolen in Baltimore. There's been a surge of car thefts in Baltimore, many other cities, and Kias and Hyundais are too easy to steal. So it's the it's the car companies 
that are at fault. We're blaming the car. It's like, well, wait a second, guys. We have a surge of car thefts. What do we do? Well, should we go after the thieves? No. Well, we can't go after the criminals because George Soros paid us, you know, got us into office specifically to not prosecute criminals and to let crime be rampant. So what are we going to do? You know, it, well, we're going to blame Hyundai and Kia. We're going to blame the car manufacturers because it's like, look, these criminals, they see a car and it's so easy to steal. How can you punish the car thief? Like we're practically begging them to steal the car here. Please steal the car. It's like guns shoot themselves, not the shooter, not the criminals. Cars steal themselves. So literally Baltimore is joining a number of other cities who claim that these car companies created a public nuisance. Literally, they filed a lawsuit. Okay, tell me. We are not living in a twisted society, okay? How messed up is this that they filed a lawsuit against Hyundai and Kia saying that they created a public nuisance by creating cars that can be easily stolen? Apparently, there are models of Kia and Hyundai that can be stolen using just a screwdriver and a USB charging cord. I have no idea how that works, but trust me, the car thieves do know how it works. All right, so getting back to this Trump town hall on CNN, one of the best moments that I did not mention, of course, we did the whole recap the other night, but one of the best moments of this town hall, which I had not mentioned, which was Trump said that Mike Pence had the legal right to overturn the election results and to basically send it back to the electors, send it back to the states. Caitlin Collins contradicted Trump, and Trump said, well, I've got proof. I will prove to you that Pence had the right. And by the way, she contradicted him all night long, and it wasn't like she was backing it up with facts. It wasn't like she was refuting him. She kept saying, no, that's not true. Oh, you're saying the election was rigged? No, the election was not rigged. You have to stop saying that. And you know all the other claims that he made, no, oh, no, this is not true, that's not true. And many of them, as we outlined at the, in the recap, were complete lies. And Trump was right and she was wrong. But here's the thing. Trump said, I have proof that Pence was allowed to uh, send it back to the states because then after January 6th, Congress passed a law saying that the vice president can no longer send it back to the states. Why did they need to pass the law if that was already the law? And then Caitlin Collins says back, well, no, they strengthened the law. They didn't change the law. They strengthened the law. And Trump is like, what are you talking about? You don't have to, what, like, they passed a second law to strengthen. There's no such thing as if the law is the law, then you don't need to pass a second law to strengthen it. And how is the second law any stronger than the first law? Strengthening it is a liberal leftist phony word, fake news word for for change it. I mean, that's really what happened. And she's like, no, they didn't change it. They strengthened it. And what's Trump supposed to do with that? And it's like, these are these bogus talking points. The CNN, they always use these same talking points and nobody refutes them. Not, no, now very few people are watching, but there's nobody refuting them to the, to the few people who are watching. And then Trump comes on and Trump actually says, listen, I'm going to actually tell the truth here and I'm not going to let you get away with this stuff. So the left, of course, is having a meltdown that CNN gave a platform to the former president of the United States, and they're saying, listen, you cannot treat this man like you treat other candidates because you need to censor him. Literally, he's full of disinformation. So it's as though like CNN interviewed El Chapo. It's like El Chapo or Kim Jong-un held a CNN town hall. Now, ask yourself this. Why? Why are the AOC Ocasio-Cortez had a meltdown? There are CNN staffers who are livid, Chris Licht, who's the new head of CNN, the new CEO of CNN. You know, he actually apparently talked to some of his CNN staffers and he rebuked them. And he said, listen, like, we're allowed to put this man, he's the former president, okay, and forgetting the ratings. And it's all about the ratings. This is all about the ratings. 
and CNN, they're laughing right now. You, you know, they're getting attacked by people, not on the right, because amazingly, this thing made Trump look better than ever. Number one, the Trump, ca- the, the Trump campaign people who negotiated this town hall with CNN, they obviously did it brilliantly because the audience was filled with Republicans and Trump supporters. And you have to believe that that was um, negotiated by the Trump campaign. And they said, we're only willing to do this event if you put Republicans in, 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 in the crowd, in the audience, fill it up with Republicans. So meanwhile, Trump got cheered all night long. Caitlin Collins essentially was booed and laughed at. And she had virtually no supporters in the audience. And, uh, you know, so that that part was pretty amazing. Also, they had this Caitlin Collins. I don't know if Trump uh, um, negotiated that part or not. But she was very young, very inexperienced. Like I said, you know, she came off as arrogant, condescending, kept contradicting him without actually hitting him up with any facts. And it's amazing how the left is having a meltdown. And and why is that? Why are they so threatened by Trump? Why are they so terrified about this? Because they realize and and like I said, this is a huge win because CNN got like 3.1 million viewers, which is way more than they get. Usually they get like 700,000 max on any prime time during that time that the town hall aired. And that's like their highest ratings of, of, of a 24 hour period. And over 3 million viewers. So CNN has this win, and it, and they realized, wait a second, our ratings come from this man, our ratings come from Trump. Meanwhile, Trump got to go on CNN and get exposed to millions of voters, <clears throat> many of whom he would not normally get exposed to, and be able to tell the truth. And that's why they are so threatened by him. He refuses to kowtow. He does not cave no matter what. Trump's willing to get impeached. He's willing to get indicted, and he just will never change his tune. They have no control. He's always... The left has always been, or not the left, the establishment, because the Republicans, many of them can't stand him too. Mitch McConnell does not like Trump. Mark Rubio does not like Trump. Ted Cruz does not like Trump, by the way. Mitt Romney can't stand Trump. And it's because they were always able to control the narrative. Don't be fooled. McConnell and Chuck Schumer, their buddy-buddy behind the scenes. You know, most of these people on the left and on the right are buddy-buddy behind the scenes, you know, Pelosi and a lot of, and Paul Ryan, a lot of the Republicans. So the establishment on both sides, they are just baffled by this man. <clears throat> That's why Ocasio is livid, because Trump actually went on CNN and they gave him a platform, told the truth, and it's going to happen more and more because CNN got the ratings they were hoping for. Now, a caller made a couple of points here that I wanted to mention. Listener called up, left me a voicemail, said, that he feels that Trump was overrated as president. He said he likes Trump, but I am too much in the tank for Trump. And by the way, I've said this many times. I'm not beholden to Trump. I will gladly take virtually any Republican. Obviously, if Liz Cheney runs, then she's no better than a Democrat. But I will gladly take pretty much any Republican candidate that you give me. But I, I just think that Trump gets a bad rap. And I keep hearing about how Trump is not electable. I think it's absurd to say that Trump is not electable. I understand his weaknesses. They all have weaknesses. But we'll tell you about a new poll soon that has Trump beating Biden by a significant margin. But the caller says Trump was overrated because he was a huge spender, because he spent trillions and trillions of dollars. And I agree. I totally agree. I've called Trump out on this many times. Look, they all do it. You know, Bush, George W. Bush, he spent so much money. I mean, he got the country so much more into debt than it was when he first took office, blamed it on wars and everything else. George W. Bush did not veto a bill till 2007, first time he ever vetoed any sort of bill. So he just spent anything that they asked him to spend. I, you know, actually, Bill Clinton, I think, probably cut spending more than any Republican since Reagan, if I had to guess. But you know what? There's nothing we can do about that because it, and it's and look, it's the Democrats fault, but the Republicans, 
they caved in, so it's their fault too. It's the third rail, okay? The, uh, the, the notion of like cutting spending, you can't even talk about cutting spending because you mentioned cutting spending pro- programs and spending packages and suddenly millions of seniors are revolting, are terrified. The, the, the Democrats and the media, they use these fear-mongering tactics to say, the Republicans, they're going to cut your Social Security, they're going to cut your Medicare benefits. And so many people are terrified of spending cuts, which are going to affect their government programs, their entitlement programs, etc. So, you know, food stamps, Medicaid, it's untouchable. It's literally the third rail. So I agree with you that, like, the media, the establishment, other than Rand Paul, nobody, you're not even allowed to discuss uh, the, the idea of cutting spending. And so, yeah, you want to blame Trump for that? Look, that's a, that's a fair criticism, but it's true with anyone. I don't think DeSantis is going to go in there and start cutting spending. I don't think Nikki Haley is going to go in there and start cutting spending, Mike Pence, you name it. So there's just sadly nothing we could—I'm not condoning or defending. I'm telling you a fact. The Democrats have gotten the country addicted to spending kind of like— cocaine. So like, that's just how it's going to work at this point. The other thing the caller said is, and and it's like, you you know, there's no Republican out there that you can support, in my opinion. They're not even talking about cutting spending. And like I said, they're not going to. It's as simple as that. Um, Caller also said the, the following. The caller said, Chris Christie is correct. I keep saying that I'm defending Trump's decision if he ends up not, um, participating in the debates with like 10, 12 other candidates. I don't blame him. Chris Christie said essentially that Trump is a coward. And uh, caller said, yeah, Christie's right. Trump is a coward because the way the caller said it was Trump does not want to be outshined. He said essentially that what's Trump afraid of? I mean, if Trump can make a strong argument, uh, then Trump can win. So why would you not get out there? Why would you not debate your opponents unless you're afraid that they're going to outshine you, outsmart you, that they're going to win and you're going to lose, they're going to defeat you? So a couple of points. Point number one is, it's not really true because the moderators have a lot of control. When there's two or three candidates, then, you know, you have plenty of time to speak, to get your point across, to go back and forth with the other candidates, to respond, et cetera, to rebut, you know. But when it's like 10 other candidates, you have like a total, if you do the math, if there's like an hour and a half debate or even a two-hour debate and there's like 10 candidates, every candidate has like 11 or 12 minutes or maybe 15 minutes max of speaking time. And the moderators get a lot of control, tell you when to speak, when not to speak. So, I do believe that things can be manipulated. I think you're putting yourself in a situation where the moderators and, you know, the people in charge, the TV producers, they can manipulate things to kind of shut you down and not give you the time that you need to rebut, defend yourself, contradict other, you know, candidates and uh, all all of that. Get, get out the message you want to get out. That's number one. But bigger picture here. Here's my issue is I don't see how you could say, well, Trump is a cat. Like, where do you draw the line? 50 candidates, 60 candidates. And here's what I look at. I look at it like this, right? Trump right now is the front runner. So Trump has everything to lose. You say, well, Trump, he's afraid. He's this, he's that. You don't take needless risks. Why should you take a risk when you're in the lead and, and you have the advantage? Why should you give yourself a disadvantage? It's not like it's not like a sporting event where like, well, why do you not want to fight? Why do you not want to defend the title? Like, why are you like ducking? Uh, the match against a certain challenger, it, 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 like it's not like that. He wants to win the presidency, right? I mean, that's that's his goal. He is to win the presidency. So it's a, it's a cost benefit analysis, risk benefit analysis, right? I'll give you. Here's my analogy. <clears throat> Let's say somebody is trying to get a job, okay, and he's the front runner. He was interviewed by the company, and he's the front runner for the job, okay. The the the, the hiring, the people who are hiring, the interviewers, they loved him on the first interview, okay, and now they call him back. They say, listen. 
You're the front runner. We like you the best of all the candidates. You can come down for one more interview, or we could just leave it as is at the interview you did, and we're going to make a decision soon, okay? And they're interviewing other candidates, whatever, but he's the, he's the front runner. He's the person they like the most, right? So what do you do? Well, why should you go for another interview when right now you're ahead? Don't you have more to lose than to gain, okay? So it's not about ego. You know, it's about trying to win, and the safest way for Trump to win is he's in a different league right now. He's literally so far ahead of the pack, not even close. So like, like, let's say a team gets, let's say a team won, you know, a championship team, right? Or whatever, a team gets through the regular season, baseball, football, whatever, and they're in the lead. So they get a week off, right? Should they play, even though they have a week off, the other teams have to play to get to the next round, but they automatically advance to the next round. Should they like play anyway and risk losing? Like it makes no sense. You got a free pass. So Trump, earned a, a free pass. So I don't I don't accept the fact that Trump is a coward. The smartest move to make in order to win is to not participate in these debates. Um, all right. Now, Chris Licht, back to CNN for a moment over here. <clears throat> you know, it, it, it's like amazing that, you know, CNN's ratings are so bad that, the, you know, they're doing these stunts. I'm thrilled that they're doing these stunts. But MSNBC is not because MSNBC is not doing as badly in the ratings as CNN. CNN they're, they're, they're just pure fake news. They've had so many scandals. I mean, Chris Cuomo and Chris Cuomo, you know, with Andrew Cuomo and, <clears throat> you know, so many CNN correspondents and CNN producers with these like viciously anti-Semitic tweets and Facebook posts, et cetera. And, uh, so many firings CNN has had because of fake, fake news, which has been exposed. So like their ratings have tanked, like even, even by the standards of the left, CNN's ratings are so, so bad because nobody trusts them. They have zero credibility. But the amazing thing is that Chris Licht basically admitted that he's uncomfortable when Trump was being supported in the CNN town hall. And, and Chris Licht, like I said, he's the, head, the new head of CNN. And you see what he's doing. <clears throat> he's putting Trump on. He's going to plaster Trump on CNN as much as possible because he understands that Trump is a ratings magnet. But he literally admitted, you know, when he was uh, kind of defending the decision, he said, yeah, by the way, I'm uncomfortable when I hear these Trump supporters cheering for Trump. He was talking about the town hall. Here, here, here's, uh, here's a quote from Chris Licht, quote, while we all may have been uncomfortable hearing people clapping, that was also an important part of the story because people in that audience represent a large swath of America. And the mistake the media made in the past is ignoring those people exist, just like you cannot ignore that President Trump exists. As I said, 3.1 million viewers compared to 707,000 viewers who tuned into CNN during the same time slot one night earlier. So that's pretty stunning. But again, Chris Licht, he's, what's he saying? He's saying, listen, guys, you know what bothers me is Anderson Cooper on CNN. <clears throat> he defended the town hall. A bunch of CNN people are defending the town hall. A bunch of CNN employees are livid. But here's what bothers me. Even the, the defenders, they're not saying, guys, he's the former president. Guys, we're not censoring people. We're not banning people just because we don't agree with them. We believe in freedom of speech. They're not saying that. They're saying, you're right. You're right. Trump is spewing disinformation. You're right. Uh, he's full of lies. He, you know, they're saying, but it's not, it's not like they're saying, you know what? Trump is not El Chapo, guys. Trump is the former president. Trump is the front runner in the 2024 primary. Okay, you got to give this man a platform. How can you censor the president? They're not saying that. They're saying, you know what? You're really right. We really should be. I'm talking about the defenders. They're saying we, we really should be. This is a guy. This guy is El Chapo. You know, this guy is Ahmadinejad, but who they don't, they never, ever censor, by the way. But, you know, but 
you know, we have to admit that millions and millions of crazy Republicans actually support this man. He's not going away. So we have to. We have to confront him. We have to give him this platform, even though we don't want to, even though, yes, he is evil incarnate. He is pure evil. And he's just spreading lies left and right. We have to give him this platform to spread the lies because what are you going to do? Just stick your head in the sand? There's millions of people who support this guy. So, like, yes, we agree with you that he's pure evil, but we don't care. We have to give him a platform anyway. It's it's just it's just egregious. All right. So, as I said, um, the Republicans held this bombshell press conference, literally one of the biggest scandals, political scandals that we have ever seen. And the New York Times headline the next day, House Republican report finds no evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden. So here are your facts. The Bidens intentionally sought to hide, conceal, and confuse their influence-peddling schemes. However, bank records don't lie. I'm literally quoting you from the uh, press conference. The Bidens made millions from foreign nationals, providing what seems to be no services other than access and influence. From the thousands of records that we have obtained so far, we know the Biden family set up over a dozen companies When Joe Biden was vice president, the Bidens engaged in many intentionally complex financial transactions to hide these payments and avoid scrutiny. Literally, they received millions from foreign sources. Bank records show the Biden family, business associates and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals and related companies. Um, They used business associates, companies to receive the funds. Why? Why did they use other? They had their own companies set up. But first, they used other companies to uh, accept the funds from these foreign entities, and then they transferred them into their own accounts. Why is that? Why not just get them directly to your own accounts? What were they trying to hide? After the foreign companies sent money to the Biden business associates, then the Biden family received incremental payments over time to different bank accounts. These complex transactions appeared to be done in order to conceal the source of the funds and reduce the conspicuousness Uh, of the total amounts that were eventually deposited into the Biden bank accounts. Sounds pretty scandalous to me. So we're going to keep an eye. I mean, if this was Trump, I mean, forget it. Like, they wouldn't even bother with the handcuffs. They wouldn't even bother with the indictment. I mean, Trump would literally just be placed directly in front of the firing squad. But it's the Biden, so the New York Times the next day just whitewashes it and says, hey, you know, no evidence of wrongdoing. Don't worry. Republicans held this big press conference, millions of dollars, from China to Biden, but nothing, nothing, nothing to see here. No problem. The whole thing is just, you know, big nothing burger. And as you recall, we told you this uh, several days ago. In 2020, a whistleblower filed a complaint with the FBI alleging that Joe Biden took bribes from foreign governments <clears throat> in order to influence U.S. policymaking. The House Oversight Committee has subpoenaed that FBI report, that document. We told you about that. Well, the FBI responded. The FBI told Congress that they are refusing to comply. They are refusing to hand over that document, which could prove that Biden was compromised by foreign governments, foreign agents. So I'm not shocked. But like, let's see how the Republicans respond to this. Let's see if they hold the FBI's feet to the fire, because this is totally, totally outrageous, totally disgraceful. All right. According to a shocking new poll President Trump is beating Joe Biden by seven points. I mean, this is just amazing. Like, the more things they throw at this man, the indictments, the scandals, two impeachments, January 6th, the more they throw at him, the more resilient he is, the more he surges in the polls. I Look, I know there's this theory out there that the indictments and CNN and all that, they're actually trying to help Trump win the primary 
because they believe that he's going to be the easiest to defeat um, by Joe Biden in the 2024 election or whoever ends up running. It'll probably be Biden. You have to think, <clears throat> look, I don't believe that, but either way, doesn't matter. It's still pretty amazing. So this is a new ABC Washington Post poll. Um, Trump defeating Biden by seven points and Ron DeSantis in the same poll is defeating Biden, but not not as quite high a margin. Um, DeSantis beating Biden by five points, 42 to 37. Meanwhile, same poll has Biden's approval ratings at, at an all time low an abysmally low 36 percent. OK, so according to this and this is Washington Post, ABC News. So this is a left wing poll and 36 percent of voters approve of Biden's job performance. What are those 36 percent thinking? I mean, are, there, are these 36 percent that dumb that they approve of Biden's job performance? The, the man is a complete and utter failure by any standards. By I mean, give me the most objective stat. Like, I mean, the economy, the border, Afghanistan, Iran, Ukraine, like inflation. Like, I, I mean, how how could anybody – do you approve of Biden's job? Oh, yeah, sure, I approve. Like, are, are you living in a cave? Do you like being poor? Do you like spending $7 for a dozen eggs? Do you like spending – like $95 to fill up like a tiny tank of gas. Like, like what is wrong with you people? Anyway, 56% disapprove. So that's an all-time low for Biden in this poll. Meanwhile, on the economy, Trump holds a commanding lead. When voters were asked, listen to this, voters were asked the following question in this poll. What do you, uh, who do you think did a better job handling the economy, Donald Trump as president or Joe Biden so far? 54% chose Trump compared to 36 who chose Biden, those same 36 people who I, I, I cannot even imagine what their IQ is. Senator Marco Rubio, he says that food stamps should not no longer be subsidizing soda and desserts. Rubio actually published an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal saying that SNAP benefits, which is food stamps, that they, we, they should not be paying <clears throat> for soda and desserts. And this is not the same thing as Bloomberg trying to ban sodas. I'll explain it in a moment. Let me just quote you here from this Wall Street Journal op-ed, Marco Rubio, quote, though SNAP is meant to supplement nutrition, more than 20% of all program spending goes to unhealthy food and drink. Taxpayers are projected to spend $240 billion on junk food, more than $60 billion going to soda over the next decade. Equally important are the health consequences for those relying on the program. So but listen to that, $60 billion on soda in the next 10 years. That's what our food stamp money is going to, tax dollars. $240 billion on junk food. And how is this different? Remember Mike Bloomberg tried to ban sodas in stores in New York City or large sodas, big gulps or super big gulps or whatever. And, and, and we were against that. And I said, listen, you can warn people about the health risks, but you can't control what people eat and drink. This is totally different because our tax dollars don't have to be paying. If you've got little kids who are spending this kind of money on sodas and on junk foods and on all these unhealthy things, there's an obesity crisis, there's a health crisis, there's a diabetes crisis, right? So <clears throat> I, I believe you give people the freedom to make the health choices they want. I believe you should give people the information, tell them what they're doing, tell them how unhealthy the food they're buying is, but don't force them to buy healthy food. And that could even lead to malnutrition, all sorts of other things. But that doesn't mean we have to pay for it. I do agree with Rubio, tax dollars, food stamps, they're supposed to go for nutrition. They're supposed to go to keep these kids and adults and families that are, uh, you know, uh, 
poverty-stricken, low-income families. We're supposed to help them have the proper nutrition, have the proper balanced diet, not be buying sodas and all this junk food. So I do agree with that. According to a new report from Congress, that letter, infamous letter that was signed by 51 Intel officials in 2020, falsely claiming that the Hunter Biden laptop was a fake, was Russian disinformation. Well, that letter was organized by the CIA. This is yet another bombshell being ignored by the mainstream media. The letter, yeah, the letter that falsely claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. It was not just organized by the Biden campaign, which we've already told you. It was organized by the CIA. Listen to this. And this is literally, again, this was according to House Republicans. The CIA, this is not like Breitbart I'm quoting over here. Okay, the CIA colluded with the Biden campaign with Anthony Blinken to cover up the Hunter Biden laptop scandal during the election season in 2020. Okay, this is a scandal of epic proportions. We already knew that the letter was coordinated by the Biden campaign that Anthony Blinken colluded with a former CIA director to draft the letter to recruit former spies. But now it turns out that the CIA itself in 2020, remember, this was Trump's CIA, although we know we know about the deep state. But this was the CIA under President Trump. They recruited former CIA and intel officials to sign that letter. This allegation came from two separate House committees, okay? So this is not like Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Breitbart, okay? This is not Alex Jones, okay? This is literally coming from two House committees, the House Oversight Committee and, I don't know, probably the House Intel Committee. But it's just astonishing here. They say former CIA official David Carrions testified to Congress that he was in the process of getting a book approved by the CIA's review board. Basically, when a a former CIA um, person, employee, uh, publishes a book about the time of the CIA, it has to get reviewed and approved by the CIA's publication review board. So the person who was working for the CIA at the time, the review board, who was in charge of approving David Carrion's book, asked him, by the way, do you want to sign onto a letter claiming the Hunter Biden laptop scandal is Russian disinformation. And that letter was also under review by the review board. You get it? So this review board, the publications review board, is reviewing this phony letter about the Hunter Biden laptop. They're also reviewing this David Carrions, who's a former CIA official. They're reviewing his book. And they're saying to him, listen, we're reviewing your book. But by the way, uh, separate question, do you want to sign onto this letter claiming that the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation? He said, sure, I'll sign. And now he's testifying. So that means somebody who was literally working at the CIA as this part of this review board in 2020 was recruiting these CIA officials to sign on this bogus letter. So literally the deep state, the CIA, the Hunter camp, the, the Biden campaign, I should say, all colluding together to suppress this massive, massive um, Hunter Biden laptop scandal. Title 42, you've got shocking numbers of people streaming across the border. This is a Washington Post headline, quote, U.S. sees record migration influx as pandemic border restrictions lift. Again, that's literally, that's the Washington Post. Okay, read the headline again. U.S. sees record migration influx as pandemic border restrictions lift. That's, of course, Title 42. The Border Border Patrol has averaged nearly 10,000 arrests a day over the week before Title 42 expiring, which was on a pace to obliterate previous records for illegal immigration. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz uh, announced the numbers on Twitter hours after the Title 42 um, expired. 
He said Border Patrol recorded 67,000 apprehensions over seven days, 9,680 people per day. This is just really, really just insane, ludicrous stuff here. Um, since October, there's been an obscene number of illegal border, border crossing. Uh, Raul Ortiz uh, estimates that 530,000 migrants have gotten away since October. Okay, October, we're now in May. So the estimate is 530,000 migrant gotaways. Okay, forgetting, it's just unbelievable, forgetting all the ones that they're not aware of, but 530,000 what they call gotaways, which means that they were spotted, but they still managed to get into the country and uh, avoid being apprehended. I want to read you here a tweet from Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, Republican, I think from Colorado. She said, quote, the word has gone out to the world. The American border officially becomes open and everyone has gotten to Mexico in anticipation. These are not people that truly need refuge and asylum. Many got on planes from all over the world, including China, and are just waiting on the clock to strike midnight on May 11th. This is from a few days ago before Title 42 expired to bypass the immigration laws of this nation. If they applied for a visa like a law abiding person. They would have absolutely no way to get in. These people could come from anywhere with any type of background. We have no idea who they are. End quote. That is Bobert's tweet. Pretty frightening. Meanwhile, as I said, Alejandro Mallorca says he has no idea why there's been this surge. Of the, he just can't explain it. Thousands of migrants, hundreds of thousands of migrants have been storming the border. And it's very difficult to identify the reason. All right, we have other things to get to. That, that Marine, that ex-Marine who placed um, Jordan Neely in that chokehold which apparently resulted in the death of Mr. Neely. Tragic, tragic death. He's been arrested, so I guess we'll have to get to that next time because we are out of time. Also, more on the debt ceiling, uh, hopefully coming up on the next show. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.